great seeing you, Dominic. You know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say you need to talk to Dominic Carter because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning, good morning, good morning, and happy 4th of July. Download the 77 WABC app, and coming up at 45 minutes past the hour, the Chronicles of Dominic Carter. And a little programming note here, WABC will be the only station live and local tomorrow morning with a powerhouse guest list. Our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, will be there, and I will be joining Mr. Katsimatidis between 6.40 and uh, 6.50 a.m., so I hope you can join us and uh, listen in. So a number of topics to get to this morning. Number one, the governor's race in New York. Governor's race in New York. Democrat Kathy Hochul against Republican Lee Zeldin. Normally, it is a walk in the park for the Democratic nominee, at least in a blue state like New York. But I have been thinking about this a lot lately. What is going on in the country, notably crime? The bad shadows of the Biden administration. And if you don't believe me, go ask Laura Corrin the former Democratic Nassau County executive, what happened to her? She lost. And the Democratic district attorney also in Nassau County. And so I'm going to look at where this race stands, where Hochul, 24 hours out the gate after winning the Democratic nomination, was already aggressively on the attack. AOC, just a phantom of the media without real influence. I'm not the only one saying it now these days. Ex-Governor David Patterson made the comment on the program Sunday of our owner-operator John Katsimatidis, and something New York is going to do, and it's very questionable, and I don't see this withstanding uh, with, with a, a, a court challenge, New York is going to screen gun applicants, social media accounts in advance of getting a permit in New York to carry a gun. In advance. So under the under the uh the red law, red flag law, it's only supposed to happen when there's been some type of behavior to illustrate instability at a, at a psychiatric level. And so now they want to do it on the front side, on the front side. The backdrop of this morning's show, NYPD Union President Pat Lynch saying what we all know. The exodus has become a stampede of the NYPD, officers retiring, officers leaving. 
But here we go again. Here we go again. A fatal police shooting of an African-American in Ohio. Lights, cameras, action, divisiveness, right versus left, left versus right, live shots, media, let's go. A black man shot by police, let's go. Taking your calls, and we're going to discuss it, because I have somewhat of a different perspective on this Ohio shooting. And that is, I'm going to lay it all down to you, but we must give our police officers the benefit of the doubt. I want you to listen. The young man that lost his life, and I'm sorry that that he lost his life, Jalen Walker. Another situation where, frankly, an African-American male was running from the police Police say a shot was fired, and uh, it did not end well. This is what it sounded like in Akron, Ohio. What you hear there that sounds like firecrackers, you know what that sound is. Again, police say they found a weapon. Police say he fired one shot. As he was running away, he darted from the the vehicle. And as he was running away, police say he turned towards him. Now, remember, it's the dark of night when this happened. And they say one shot fired. And... um, it it did not it did not uh, go well. Now police, eight officers, and the numbers are changing here. You know, so you have to bear with me. Uh, police fired uh, more than ninety shots. Ninety shots, with the man being hit by at least sixty bullet wounds. Now the reason why I say bullet wounds is because some of the bullets go in and out. So it's somewhat similar to the Amadou Diallo uh, situation. But but here's here's what I'm, I'm trying to understand this morning. And we, of course, are taking your telephone calls this morning. 1-800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Why do... Suspects, why do they run from the police? Now, that's that's no reason to use deadly uh, force. But we we have got to. So the protests have already started in uh, Akron, Ohio, and of course that's the hometown of LeBron James, the player. And so they, they the protests are already underway. And I just want to go through this one more time so that we have all have the same set of facts. I see all of your phone calls. We're about to get to them in just one second. And so graphic videos released Sunday, body cam videos, show the eight 
Ohio police officers firing the barrage of bullets that killed uh, this African-American man uh, fleeing a traffic stop in uh, Akron. The mayor has called the uh, footage, quote, heartbreaking. So authorities have not said how many shots were fired. The gentleman that's deceased, um, a DoorDash driver, Jalen Walker, 25 years old, but the police commissioner uh, is acknowledging again that the number could be more than 90 that was fired at him with the man suffering at least 60 bullet wounds after he re- allegedly refused to stop for cops trying to pull him over for unspecific traffic and vehicle violations. And again, police say he fired a gunshot from his car as he was uh, being pursued, and when he finally stopped the vehicle, it's all on body cam, he got out of the car in a ski mask and ran away from police. Police say it appeared that he appeared to be turning towards the officers. And my point, as I have said countless times on this program, law enforcement, this is not Hollywood. Put yourself in those officers' situation. You're chasing someone, based on the accounts, that allegedly fired a gun, and they recovered a gun at the scene. And it's the dead of night, and he's already run away by continuing to drive the vehicle. Now he bolts the vehicle, and but you see the eight officers chasing him. You see this all on the body cam video. They're out of breath. Everybody's out of breath. The adrenaline's up. And according to police, he turns towards them. So what would you do as a police officer? What would you do? You see, Hollywood says, the Hollywood version, the sanitized version says, oh, you stop and you say, freeze, police. And if necessary, you fire one bullet and you strike him in the leg. That's ridiculous. It doesn't work that way. Police are taught in the academy, I know, because they sent me to the academy to show me what the training they go through. They are trained to shoot for the the largest mass of body so that a stray bullet does not go somewhere else. And you even hear them on the clip that we just played after... All the gunshots, you hear one of the officers yell, cease fire, cease fire. Let's go to the uh, telephone calls. Let's start with Jay in Ohio this morning. Good morning, Jay, and welcome to the Dominic Carter Show. Hey, Jay. Um, hey, Dominic. Uh, listen, you you know that you went, as soon as you pull, pull your weapon out, on the you know, as soon as you pull your weapon out, and you're not following police orders, police are justified to shoot because their life of course. is in danger of at course. that point. You know? Of course. So, and that's so why we have to give them the benefit of the doubt. Right, exactly. So, and, and, mo- and, and everybody knows that. Let's put it like that. And if you don't know that, then you get what you deserve because the police, the police, like I said, the police, they're restrained and they're trained and they don't, they don't do things for the most part. They don't, you know what I'm saying? The police deserve the benefit of the doubt. That's it. 
Because, like I well, said, you know, as soon as you, dr- uh, soon as you drop your weapon and you're not following instructions, and you know what I'm saying, you know, you might as well be dead because you're wrong. And and, and not only are you wrong, and, and Jay, you're dead on, but the, the Hollywood sanitized version, right? And and remember, I was a lead reporter on Amadou Diallo in the Bronx, right? And so the the logic says, oh, well, why did the officers have to fire 90 shots? Folks don't understand that they're carrying semi-automatic weapons. And if 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 the suspect if the if the version turns out the way the police said, and I have no reason to doubt them, um, the suspect turns towards them, and a shot was already fired. You pause for one second, and you may be planning one of those officers' funerals, and that's the bottom line. And so what happens? And I learned this from I forgot the name of the phenomenon. What happens? But I learned this during the uh, Diallo trial, that once one officer starts shooting, because in Diallo, one started shooting, another slipped and fell, the other officers thinking that this officer is wounded, everybody opens up. And and when the adrenaline calms down in Diallo, 41 shots were fired. And now here in Akron, Ohio, we're looking at a situation where apparently 90 shots were fired with 60 striking uh, the young man, the 25-year-old man that's deceased. There's already been a protest in Akron. There's already the sign. I mean, you already know, folks, light cameras action. It, 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 it seems like this is what society thrives for these days, an African-American killed by police. Joseph in Parkchester, good morning. What's on your mind? You know, cases like this are unfortunate, not for the reason that people would expect me to say, but I'm going to tell you why they're unfortunate. They're unfortunate because, again, with these unarmed black, actually not even unarmed, because this person appeared to be armed right. uh, before he got shot. But many of these people, Michael Brown, George Floyd, what have you, many of these people are not only you know career criminals, but again, they were engaged in criminal activity before the police were called. That's number one. That's a reason why the police were they were responding to criminal. Number one, you are correct. Now, secondly, secondly, when you want to talk about blacks being targeted by police or black criminals in this case, more specifically, being targeted for uh, harassment or uh, you know, inordinate uh, treatment at the hands of the police, most police in cities like New York City happen to be non-whites. We have a majority-minority police department. That's true about many big cities in the United States. So that that being said, there is indeed a problem with police targeting innocent, law-abiding people for non-criminal activity. Wait, 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 wait. Joseph, you said there is a problem? Yes, and I will tell you the reason okay, why. But, I said but quickly, I Joseph, because I have other call. You're giving me a contradictory message. You just said two things that support the police, and now you're saying just the opposite. So I'm trying to understand, but it's got to be quick. Okay, quickly. Now, when I said that there is a problem, like I said, pointing out guys like the guy in Ohio, that is not going to actually solve the problem because there is a problem with regard to police brutality. I'm talking about people like Kelly Thomas in Fullerton, California. He okay, but right now I'm talking about – you're going off on a tangent. I'm talking about what's going on. Thank you for the call. What, what happened in Ohio? We could go on all night long, all Fourth of July long, reciting cases to, to illustrate the point 
that we want to make. And that's not what we're doing right now. But thank you for the uh, call, Joseph. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC on this uh, July 4th. Let's go to Michael on Long Island. Good morning, Michael. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. See, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I really do. And honestly, what I'm seeing is a gross misstep by the, the law enforcement agencies around the country. I mean, there's no reason to fire that many shots. And me being an unarmed security guard, I see this. I'm, one, taken aback because that's lethal force. That's more than lethal force, right? I'm told in training that we're allowed to take lethal and non-lethal force. At what point does that line get drawn? You know what I mean? Well, I mean, eight officers, I, I'm, I'm just, I, Michael, I hear you, but I, I'm not going to second-guess them until... Until the facts, just like I did with the um, with the shooting in Texas, until we have all the facts, I'm not going to second guess the officers. To be honest with you, I to be completely candid and honest with you, I think it's horrible that these officers keep getting put in this situation. I I don't understand, Michael. To be completely blunt and honest with you, why these subjects keep trying to run from the police. So the obvious answer would be you're in the commission of a crime, you have a criminal record, you have open warrants. It could be also like guilt, you know, like a lot of subconscious guilt that rises to the surface, which makes these people feel like they're being accosted, even though they're just Okay, but Michael, but Michael, you you just said guilt, right? So, but if you have a gun and you're fleeing the police... That's a very dangerous situation. But now, Dominic, are we brandishing the gun or are we just holding it? Like, if we're holstering it and it's open carry, like if we live in a concealed carry state, for example, and we're not brandishing it, pointing at anybody or causing any kind of threat or any kind of, you know, disruption, I feel like there's no criminal act being committed there. I don't know particularly because I didn't see this footage, but from what I've seen in other footages regarding cops and, you know, people being shot at, it seems like they take action quickly without hesitation, almost like they're trained guards or trained military men. In in this case, apparently, uh, and I'm choosing my words carefully uh, until we get all the facts, apparently this young man had a ski mask, apparently, and apparently he fired off a round, and apparently the police found a weapon. So I, I don't see what there is to second guess. I hear you on the 90 shots. But once, once the adrenaline kicks in, and just like Diallo, once a shot is fired and the police believe that one of their comrades may have been wounded, they have got to stop the threat, period. This is not Hollywood. This is real life. You know, when you watch Beretta on TV or you go to the movies, you know, the police, they take one shot. And they just happen to hit the person in the leg or the arm. And that's Hollywood. That's not real life. We're dealing with with reality. Dominic Carter here with you on this July 4th, 2022. I hope you folks are going to have a wonderful, relaxing day. It is time for a break. When I come back, we will discuss the race for governor. We will continue on this Ohio police shooting And we will take on AOC. I'll be right back.
Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. I heard you were looking for me. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we are back on this July 4th. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. A number of topics we are dealing with uh, this morning, but we're going to stay on for the time being. The Ohio police in Akron have released graphic footage of the officers uh, killing eight officers. Jalen Walker, uh, police say he had a gun. He fired a shot. It was a traffic stop, apparently. He took takes off running. It's the dead of night. Police say that it appears he was turning towards the officers as he was running away, and they believed he was preparing to shoot at them. Now, just keep in mind, folks, and I'm going right back to your telephone calls, he had already apparently refused to comply with the orders of the police. So this had to come to a stop somehow. The controversy is underway. Racial, African-American man, the police, uh, apparently 90 shots were fired with 60 uh, bullet wounds. That's the initial reports that we are getting uh, uh, as of uh, right now. Let's go to Frank in New York City. Good morning, Frank. It's my understanding you are a uh, off-duty NYPD officer. Yeah, correct, Dominic, and it's a very good show. The security guard that just called is probably a frustrated person who wanted to be a member of a law enforcement agency and couldn't get it. So, But that's a different topic. Right now what's going on in this country and in this city is what's going on since the George Floyd incident that everybody runs from the police. They flee traffic stops all the time. The police are on edge. You just had a mass shooting of the police in Kentucky that did not get top billing on any news. Yes, that I a- an officer of died in Kentucky. Three officers, five others shot, and then a canine dog killed in the same incident. Oh. There's a certain app that most oh. police officers have that I don't want to advertise that okay. lists every death of every police officer across the United States is published with his photograph. On a daily basis, I can't look at that app one day without seeing officers killed, officers killed. It doesn't make the news across this country anymore, unless it's a high-profile case like the two kids in the 3-2 precinct that was slaughtered in that apartment. Right. So everybody runs. You never hear about the people running. You just hear about the incident. This case, I'll let the investigators handle it. I'll let the courts handle it. I'm sure tomorrow Joe Biden will have, and I'm not against him. I'm going to stay impartial on him and his presidency. He will come out, and he will take sides immediately to stir up trouble to make you forget about $5 a gallon gas and overpriced groceries. But you wonder why there's an exodus in the police departments, why they can't keep people, because everybody's on edge. And most officers want to 
do the right thing. But a lot of times their partner may grab them or somebody else may grab them and say, <clears throat> excuse me for clearing my throat, why are you bothering? Look the other way. Police officers are not salesmen. They don't get paid by commission. So whether they sit and they work hard all night or they sit back in the car <clears throat> and say, why should I bother? They're still going to get their paycheck every two weeks. So that's so, why it is a mass exodus, in so my Frank, opinion. I, I want you to help me out with this here. Sure. Because uh, Pat Lynch is talking about the mass exodus of officers uh, going <clears throat> to other departments uh, or or outright retiring. So, yeah. my, well, let me just say this. My impression is that you guys get very little support. Certainly, very little political support, and uh, you know, you know, I I talk to my my friends that are in law enforcement, longtime friends, and they have said, Frank, exactly the same thing you said that everybody runs, and so how demoralizing is all of this snowball effect of what police have to deal with each and every day? All right, but let me tell you, Dominic, I tell the new guys because I've been around a long time. 95% of the people in the city, that is just the only thing I could judge it on, support you and like you. The people in the worst neighborhoods, crime-wise, I'm not talking residents, crime-wise, need you and want you, but nobody listens to that. These are the people that really, really need you. But you got to remember, de Blasio demoralized the NYPD. The damage he caused with his billion-dollar cut is something that will probably take 25 years to recover from if it ever could have a recovery because the damage is just too deep and too widespread. You know, it's just the nature of the beast right now. And it will ride it out. It's like a graph. It goes up and down. It may be down. It'll rebound. But the NYPD, real quick, is the police academy now is just a training center for officers to go to other jurisdictions that are higher paid. The city spends wow. an exorbitant amount of cash for training. to train these people for six months. And within six months of being in the street, they're applying to other agencies that pay maybe 50% more. So we're just training our guys and girls for other departments. We're doing the dirty work for them. <clears throat> and nobody sees it, and nobody really cares until it's too late. You know, I appreciate your support <clears throat> and your fairness in regards to this incident. It was the first I heard about it driving home from work tonight. And I'll let the legal system give it its due, let them figure it out. I'm not going to okay. jump to conclusions for or against. Well, Frank, we, we, we appreciate your call, and thank you for your service to the NYPD. And please be safe. From New York City, let's go to Daytona Beach, Florida. Let's say good morning to Tony. Good morning, Tony. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. Uh, I remember back in the 70s and 80s uh, when police officers carried revolvers. They were only, you know, a capacity of like six or seven rounds. Six. Now, what happened was there was a transition in law enforcement where the criminals started getting a hold of these high-capacity rounds, and it used to be called spray-and-play, where they could shoot up an entire neighborhood, and, um, you know, the police just couldn't keep up, so they had to upgrade their weapon system in order to compete with the criminal. 
And now what we are seeing is like 81 rounds or so shot at an individual who might have shot off one round, but at least the police win. Because the only way we can keep up with keeping our neighborhoods safe, no matter where you come from, is to keep up with the criminal. So when we, uh, you know, try to, uh, uh, you know, call our police down, hey, look, these folks are out there doing this, criminal mind or not, and, uh, you know, they're shooting up our neighborhoods. How many times have you heard a kid get shot on a drive by 11-year-old, 3-year-old, this and that, whatever? It's not, Tony, Tony, I, I thank you for the call. The the latter item you just mentioned, in some cases, it's not even newsworthy anymore in terms of uh, kids, no matter how young, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, or eight, doesn't matter. We, we've become conditioned to these types of shootings. But again, my point, and I spent the good part of this afternoon trying to figure out why do young men run from the police? And why is there such an initial reaction for the community to come out and protest as it has been done in Akron? But you're not protesting the ills of the community, the bad things in the community. I, I'm not, you know, I, I wish this young man, this 25-year-old young man in Akron, Ohio, uh, had not lost his life. But at the end of the day, the police are, 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 are no ones to play with. They have a job to do. Their training tells them how to handle a situation. Dominic Carter here with you on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Coming up at 1 a.m. this morning, Frank Morano. The other side of midnight on this July 4th. Let's go to Denise on Long Island. Good morning, Denise. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. It's a pleasure to speak to you. You always present the facts very accurately. To my understanding, this young man got out of the car in the dead of night, was told to stop, did not, pulled out a revolver, shot one time in the dead of night, did you say he had a ski mask on, or am I mistaken? Yeah, I did say, based on police accounts, that, that he had a, uh, and sometimes initial reports are inaccurate. But as of right now, here's what we know. It was so dark out there, looking at the body cam videos, all you hear and see are the officers running very hard, many of them chasing behind this suspect. He darts off, and... That's when police say he turned around, and you just see in the body cam video one officer firing rapidly. And when it was all said and over and done, uh, the police commissioner is saying that uh, ninety, more than 90 bullets may have been fired. But go ahead, Denise. Okay. More than 90 bullets. But, as you said, if there's no reason for you to run... When the police say, stop, okay, get out of the car, whatever it may be, you do that. If you have nothing to fear, nothing to hide, then you do that. You follow the police instructions. Hey, Denise, even even if you, and this is something that I thought about this afternoon, even if you do have something to hide, 
you stop. Because if you don't stop, and if you have a weapon, and, and this is the problem I have with community protests over these matters. You need to teach these young men that, no, it's not okay for you to carry a gun and you may have an encounter with a police officer and a police officer is not going to play with you. I mean, I Denise, the bottom line is, if I encounter someone and they're in the middle of a criminal act and I see a gun, that takes it from a one to a hundred immediately. Immediately. Because something that police have told me consistently, and it finally got into my head, they would constantly say to me, you know what, Dominic, what the public doesn't understand is we want to go home and see our families too at the end of the shift. I do not believe, Denise, that any police officer starts out their shift and says, hey, I'm going to go kill a black guy today. I I don't think, or or, hey, I'm going to take part in, in letting loose 90 rounds. What I think happened is the dead of night, this guy won't stop, They're chasing him. It may have gone out over the radio. Shots fired. He turned towards them, and that's uh, what what happened uh, in this situation. Let's go to Audrey, our friend Audrey in Brooklyn. Good morning, Audrey. What's on your mind? Good morning, and I'm just going to say you had a hell of a weekend, I'm sure. Uh, My problem here, um, Dominic, um, okay, 90 shots, but they did not find the gun. He didn't have the gun was in his car. So if he right. turned around or was running, it was no gun. There's no gun. Why did they shoot him ninety times? Okay, but wait, wait, Audrey. But they shot at him ninety times, Audrey. Mm-hmm. See, th- th- this is what I mean, though, about Hollywood, right? No, no, that's so, not Hollywood. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a say. Wait, 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 wait. If the police believe he had a gun, mm-hmm. and they later find the gun in the car mm-hmm. as he's running away. How do those officers know the gun is in the car and not on his body? <laughs> no, I mean, I, all so I'm asking you me? to do is put yourself in the shoes of those officers. So so you and I are partners. Okay. Dominic, Dominic, shots fired, shots fired. Right? So we're on edge. We're chasing this guy together. We apparently later find the gun in the car. But how do you and I as partners know that the gun is in the car and it's not in his possession in the middle of the night? Do you want me to answer that? Yes, I do. You um, um, Diallo's case. He did yes. not have a gun, but he right. was shot how many times? So there's no excuse for that. I, 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 I yes, have there is. That yes, there is. Yes, yes there is. No, and, and Audrey, Audrey, you know I love you to death. There, there I is. I, co- I covered Diallo from yeah. beginning to end. Including up in Albany, he didn't and have I, a gun. I, I don't, I don't have the no, no, no. But here's the point: I don't have the name of. It's a phenomenon that's called something that when one bullet is fired, officers just start firing their weapons. And in Diallo, all Mister Diallo had was a wallet, a black wallet, in the uh, vestibule of his uh, apartment building in the Bronx. But one of the officers, according to testimony tripped and fell and when that officer tripped and fell the other officers thought he was shot when it was really the bullets from one of the officers and everybody opened up at that point that's what happened in diallo 
But I hope, um, uh, yeah, thank you for taking my call. Ohio is just crazy, and I'm just tired of it. But I understand okay. Diallo much fair, better now. Fair, fair, fair enough, fair enough. Have uh, a Audrey, great weekend and a day off tomorrow. Well, thank you. I, I'll be working, but thank you, and I hope that you have a uh, a wonderful Fourth uh, of July. And so, see, that's one of the things that I like about Audrey. Even if she's coming from a, a different than me, she's very respectful, and we can agree to disagree. And that is the way that it should be. Let's go to uh, Jacqueline in Brooklyn. Good morning, Jacqueline. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. Um, I wasn't going to call in, but I was waiting for Audrey to call in. And as soon as I heard what she had to say, I knew where she was going to be coming from. And you said you spent the better part of the day pondering why the people in the community where these incidents happen then demonstrate and protest. Uh, It's exactly because of the mindset. They have the same mindset that Audrey has. Would it make her feel any better if this young man was killed with only one bullet, would it make him any less dead? Would it change the circumstances of what happened? If it eventually comes out and it's proven that, yes, this individual had a weapon, yes, he fired at the police officers, does that not have any implication? Does that mean they should just let him walk away? I mean, it's insanity. It's lunacy. It, it is insanity, and it's insanity, Jacqueline, because uh, let's say now you and I are partners, right? And let's say I pause for a second before firing, right? You and I are police partners, and I pause for one second. And now I've got to explain to your family for the rest of your life why you as a police officer took a bullet to the head. When several police officers died this weekend in Kentucky, this weekend, Dominic Carter here with you folks. Talk Radio 77 WABC coming up in just a few minutes. The Chronicles of Dominic Carter and at the top of the hour, Frank Morano, the other side of midnight. I'll be right back. Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. And on this July 4th, one of the other stories that caught my eye locally, AOC, just a phantom of the media without real 
influence. Amen. The person saying that, because I, I was starting to wonder, is it me that's just not getting it? Because when she goes on these talk shows, AOC, she faces one softball question after another. The fact of the matter is, I've been doing this for 40 years. They know that the uh, it, the intelligence is not there, so they go, they, they give her a pass. And so former Governor David Patterson appeared Sunday with our owner-operator of WABC, John Katsimatidis, and here's what he had to say about AOC. I think AOC, who defeated a congressman who was notably absent from his district a lot, so she outworked him and she beat him, and then she became this kind of overnight national success. But really, there's no evidence that it had any coattails, not in uh, this 2022 primary, but not even in the 2020 elections. Correct, Governor. The recent primary, if you had AOC's uh, backing, for the most part, it was a kiss of death. And so maybe her influence, hopefully, is uh, over. That's all I can say. It's not personal. It's not personal with with my my opinion of AOC. I just think that she brings nothing to the body politic except for ambition for herself. We are discussing the police shooting, fatal police shooting in Ohio, uh, in which, and I'm going to get to the governor's race in a second, the New York governor's race. I see all of your calls, folks. The shooting where apparently the young man uh, ran away, 25 years old, from was in a car, ran, kept going, ran away. Police say he had a gun. Police say one shot was fired. They opened fire. Body cam, cam, uh, body cam cameras showed the police chasing him. They say he turned towards them. Uh, and at that point, uh, they fired 90 shots, uh, and it, maybe it's more than 90 shots, at this young man in which uh, he he was suffering from at least 60 bullet wounds. So we don't know if some of those are in and out bullets, but but he has passed away. Let's go to Renee in Queens. Good morning, Renee. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Renee, are you with me? No, Renee is not there. Okay, let's go to Alyssa in Manhattan. Good morning, Alyssa. Good morning, Dominic, and happy 4th of July to you. Same to you. And thank you, and may God bless and keep all Americans today, especially the children. Hopefully today we will not lose one. Sounds wonderful to me. <laughs> That's to me, too. I just wanted to comment on the Ohio shooting. Um, uh, this is the first I'm hearing of it, so I'm taking completely the information you've given me. And um, it seems to me that this young man did not want to be pulled over for a traffic stop because if he was, if he had a gun in the car with him, then immediately that would have been a problem. And, you know, is it, first of all, would it have been a legal gun? And was he legally allowed to have it in the car? Also, you said that he got out wearing a ski mask. Well, it's I said he had a ski mask. To be right, honest with you, Alyssa, I don't know if he had it on at the time. Okay, but he had a ski mask. Who has need of a ski mask in July? We don't it, even it, have to it, answer that question. It's it, basically a rhetorical question that you're asking. So, you know, I mean, there could have been – we don't know. There hasn't been any reports that there were 
um, maybe there was some robbery committed by someone with wearing a ski mask with a gun. So, you know, of course, you know, if, if all of this has come out as true, he would not want to stop. And because he would end up being arrested and go to jail. But it's just unfortunate that, you know, this is the type of situation that police are put in constantly. And then the media takes it. And, of course, they're going to jump on what's going to sensationalize it the most. And these days, that's, oh, how many bullets were fired? And immediately the media is, looks for what did the cops do wrong? And the criminal is secondary. Well, from the, from the initial reports, Alyssa, and I thank you for the call, from the initial reports that we're getting, from what I can see initially, the police, as of right now, did not do anything wrong. There are some of you or maybe some that will say it was excessive to uh, fire all of those bullets, but I'm not even going to second-guess that because once one round is fired, uh, it becomes a mental thing. And nobody wants to die. Nobody. And so, you know, I, I just, I'm at a loss of words, and I'm sorry for, I'm sorry for the loss of life. Um, have got to do better. All of us. But in particular, in communities of color, we have got to do better to improve the police-community relationship. And if I can be bluntly honest with you folks because i you, you, you know I, I i was at home today relaxing and i said uh, i said to my son i said dominic um what what are the rules he says daddy daddy i know i said dominic what are the rules dad he says dad never run from the police and if the police question you for anything just say sir Please call my father, and I have nothing else to say but to be respectful of any police officer and to comply with their orders. Let's go to Michael on the Upper East Side. Good morning to you, Michael. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hey, good morning, Dominic. You know, one thing maybe was brought out very early. I'm not sure. Uh, Didn't these police officers have Glocks? Well, the high I, speed. I, yeah, yeah. I, I see. I don't. I don't. I don't like to comment on something, especially something as sensitive as this, unless I know the answer. And I'm not sure they're weapons, but I'm, I'm not sure of what weapons they have. But I'm sure they were probably Glocks, semi-automatic uh, re- weapons that can get off at least 15 rounds. It takes very little to release that very many little. rounds. Very little. Very little. Per- Per officer, you thing, are correct. And the other thing is nobody, including famous Audrey, uh, mentioned where the police officer was shot dead because he tried to be a nice guy at a traffic stop. Boom. The guy reached to the seat, got the gun, shot the guy, shot the officer point blank dead. That was... I don't remember how many months ago that was. Well, Michael, you you are correct. And the reality is for a police officer to pause for a second, and we have local prosecutors, state prosecutors, federal prosecutors, uh, county prosecutors, that should an officer do something wrong that crosses the line to handle that type of situation. However, 
it, an officer can pause for a second, and it may be the last second of their life. I want to uh, tell you folks that coming up in about seven minutes, Frank Morano and the other side of midnight, the race for governor. I initially thought that the Democratic nominee, Kathy Hochul, would be a walk in the park. I'm not so sure against uh, Lee Zeldin. And what I find interesting is that she knows what I'm telling you now. She has already attacked Lee Zeldin less than 24 hours after winning the Democratic nomination. Now, in an ad, one, she shows uh, Mr. Zeldin wearing a Trump cap, Make America Great Again, paid for, the ad is by friends of Kathy Hochul, and I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna read a little bit of the ad. Then we're gonna go back to your telephone calls. And she says Lee Zeldin in the ad, or the friends of Kathy Hochul, is so out of the mainstream, so devoted to the extreme fringes of his party that it's hard to believe he's a New Yorker, much less that he wants to represent all of us for governor. Before the dusk even settled at the Capitol on January 6th, Lee Zeldin voted with the insurrectionists. And Donald Trump, to throw out the election results, one more paragraph, folks, he applauded the Supreme Court's decision to overthrow Roe v. Wade and he and has voted repeatedly for abortion bans. And so he would put more guns on our streets. This is according to the ad. And then she says Lee Zeldin isn't just any Republican. He's dangerous and extremely, the word extremely underlined, wrong for New York. So... One poll, I believe, had Hoku up 10 points over Lee Zeldin. Nassau County is in the back of my mind of what happened where the Republican uh, challengers are now the district attorney and the county executive. And so I'm not willing to say that this race is over. I just have a funny feeling that something is going to go against the trend. And... uh, Zeldin may make this a uh, a serious uh, race. Let's go to Iona in uh, Westchester. Good morning. What's on your mind? Hi, Dominic. Um, happy July Fourth, by the way. Same to you. I just I just want to say two things. One thing is, can you guys get like word out that they find the guy that stole that seventy five year old man's dog? Just can you just do a shout out and let everybody start having feelers out to find him? You know, right. it, it's dog. just it's awful. Can you imagine how that man feels? No, no. I think it's 75 I think years got, old. I, mm-hmm. I think you got to really put feelers out. Um, and even Curtis, let everybody just try to find this guy and the dog. The second thing I want to say is that with the disrespect of the police by the Democrats, even Audrey, you know, and the prosecutors not, uh, you know, giving giving the right. You know, for, it's the bad guys are the good guys. The good guys are the bad guys. You know, people are maybe just, and I really feel bad that this guy died. It's terrible. And, and, and when the police die, that's also terrible. But they have to stop, you know, and, and realize that the police are there, you know, to do a job and to go home at night, just like the perps or the people that are trying to flee the scene or whatever, you know. It's got to change. Giuliani had things the right way. And now he it's sure all, did. you know. Right. And now it's all like so liberal. And Hochul's talking about Zeldin. She should be ashamed of herself. You know, Mm -hmm. she just wants things. She just wants her job 
and she just wants things to go the way she wants it to go, and I hope she loses. Well, we will find out soon enough. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Forest Hills. Let's say good morning to Stan. Good morning, Stan. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, you're right, lady. She is is saying exactly what she's saying. Ditto for everything she said. Absolutely, absolutely correct. She's, She's definitely getting on this guy fast because he ain't for New York. I mean, women... Forget what he, you know, he doesn't care about women. But I wanted to talk about the gentleman who called. I think he was a policeman, was he? Yes. And he said something that got to me. He said, uh, people should look the other way, these cops, when they're in. Is that correct? Is that what he said? He said that some some police officers tell their partners or others they're, they're lined up with when they're ready to jump into action sometime to pause and look the other way because how badly police are being treated and why risk your pension, your job, when the establishment is not going to back you up? Well, well, my answer to him is quit. Get out to all of them. Who, if, they, if that's how they think, even the worst of cases in this city, the history of the police has been wonderful in terms of who they are and what they are. They've been great. But when I hear that type of garbage... Look the other way when people are on the street. That means you, you dishonor the badge. You dishonor everything. Well, I, I don't know, Stan. Uh, police are human, too, and they are being degraded in ways that I didn't even know was possible. And it's just not right the way that police are being treated. But, but Stan, I, uh, I thank you for the call, and as always, I enjoy chatting with you and all of our listeners You know, folks, I'm going to come one by one to all of your barbecues. I'm only joking. I hope you have a wonderful 4th of July. Coming up right now, Frank Marano and the other side of midnight at the top of the hour. I'll be back uh, at the top with news headlines. And again, the way I started this program, a programming note, WABC will be the only station live and local in just a couple of hours tomorrow morning with a powerhouse guest list uh, with our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis. I will be joining Mr. Katsimatidis at 6.40 a.m., so if you get a chance, uh, join us this morning. Have a great day, folks. Happy 4th of July, and keep it right there. Frank Marano and the other side of Midnight is coming up right now. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.